0: Well, welcome back to Water and Stone. I'm Dieter Randolph. And I am Jenny Randolph. And as you have no doubt noticed, we've changed the format a little bit, and we told you we were going to do that. If you remember, the new idea with this new format, because we really want to stress the educational aspect, we want to give you something that you can work on, something that's going to make your life better, something that hopefully will make the world that we share a better place. We want to use this time, and we want to use this platform to do some good. So, as you probably remember, just to recap one more time, week one of every month is me standing up and doing more of a workshop kind of format. If you remember from last week, I gave you some homework, some things to think about and write down. And the first week of the month from now on is going to feel more and more like that. We've got some new stuff that we're going to put into place that will hopefully help the uh, educational process. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, weeks two, three, and four of every month are going to look a little bit more like this, where it's more like a radio show. See the microphones where it's a little bit more like a discussion. We're going to talk about the main ideas that we talked about in the workshop. We have a chance to unpack some things, to share some notes. I get to say some things that I wanted to share, but didn't fit into the context of the workshop. As the weeks go on, we'll open the mailbag. And that means we're really counting on you to write in and let us know how you're doing with the homework and Mm -hmm. things like that. But just so you know, the basic idea is week one, workshop. Week two, a discussion with an emphasis on how the idea for that month applies to the big, picture. the big picture. Life, the universe, and everything. 42. That whole thing. And then week three is how that idea applies within the individual. So how it works in your body, in your heart. So we might talk about things like healing or how you feel about these sort of things. So like God stuff how it works in you, in your heart. And then finally, week four is how that plays out as you try to live this stuff out in the world. So big picture, inside you, in your world. Those are the weeks. Now, obviously, sometimes the line's a little bit blurry, but that's what we're going to try to focus on. And I'm really excited about this opportunity to take this relationship to the next level.
1: (laughs) I love that what we're doing feels comfortable and it feels like a real conversation. And and that's what yeah. we're hoping happens is that you are involved in this conversation. And I don't know if you mentioned it, but we are pre-recording this. That's right. And so we'll be able to answer the questions as you're watching this because Dieter and I are watching it along with you. And I really, really like that. Yeah. The other thing that I really like is that these four weeks are a lesson and you can go back and do this program as many times as you want. So if you don't get it the first time, the first go round, you can say, you know what? I really need a reboot about being called out. I need a reboot about this. I need to refocus. Go back and listen and watch all of these videos and do that 30-day program. That's kind of how we're setting these up. And, And hopefully as we go along with the months, you can, you know, maybe pick and choose. You know what? I really need prayer. I really need more meaning in my life. I really need to to focus on prosperity because I think that that's one that we, we really want to do as well. well so there's, you know, there's things it's that we want to do. I don't
0: know if you remember, this is, this is me really dating myself, the old Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Mm-hmm.
1: I know them well. They're
0: amazing. You will believe a man can fly and all that. But he had this fortress of solitude which is not something anybody wants during a quarantine but he would Superman would go to this place remember he's an orphan and all of that but he would go to this place up in the arctic and he had this little library where he could basically he take the crystals plug in a memory and card yep. and he could watch lessons about anything and it was his mom and dad talking about you know school stuff like science mm-hmm. and chemistry and whatever but also life stuff here's how love works and and all of this sort of thing and I have had that in the back of my head, as corny as it is, but look, I'm corny, you know this by now. I've had that in the back of my head as one of the inspirations for those little Ask Dieter movies. If you go to AskDieter.com, I make these little movies in there to answer a specific question. And I've loved doing that. I've been doing Mm -hmm. it for years. I just started doing it again. It's a lot of fun. But those little five-minute or so movies aren't enough to really dig into something. And so I really want this to be a synergistic thing where this works with that. Just as you said, if you're watching this live at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings, there's a little chat window on the side. And Jenny and I are watching this along Mm -hmm. with you. As some of you saw last week, we're typing into there, answering your questions and stuff like that. And so we're doing everything we can to make this interactive, to make this educational, to make this transformative. And just like you said, I hope that as time goes by, we're going to build a library of You know what? There was a really solid 30 days about prayer, about prosperity, about relationships, about uh, slaying the dragons of your life, whatever that happens to be. We're going to build this library and you're here on the ground floor with us for that. So one of the things we're going to say over and over again is let us know how this is working for you. Right. But also, one of the things we're going to say is let us know what you want to know about next. We've got some plans, but those plans can bend around what we're hearing people want to know about mm-hmm. and talk about. We all feel a little bit isolated and we're working on ways to overcome that, but one of the things we can do to crack the code there is for you to let us know what you want to know. So, with that in mind, let's start our, uh, our service with our prayer
1: god is and i am
0: i stand on holy ground right here and right now there is truth right here and right now there is freedom right here and right now there is life this is who i am i am ready from now on now on i speak the truth from now on, I choose freedom. freedom. From, From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. The way. I am, am ready. ready. And so it is and so it does now and always. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. So grab a cup of coffee. Get comfy wherever you are. Have your laptop there so that you can share with us. We or, or you can just sit back and kind of take this in and write your questions down and email them or text us the questions later on, right? And we'll just pretend like we
0: can see you. Nice pajamas. (laughs) Make sure you have in your cereal. All right.
1: (laughs) I love that. And I love that this is I, I want everybody to feel like they are with us I mm-hmm. want everybody to feel like they're involved in this conversation I really do well, it, and that's the that's
0: the goal yeah man and and the thing is this church started in no small way in this living room on this couch. Mm-hmm. And we met in different people's houses and that sort of a thing. But we always came back here. And, you know, I can wax rhapsodic about the power of the living room. And, you know, when you think about it, a big part of this whole called out idea has to do with the 8 to 12 people in your family and the inspiration you get from that and all of that. But one of the things that I really wanted to talk about. So there's a story that I wanted to share that we didn't have time to It didn't work out in the context of the workshop that I did last week and all that. But it's something that comes up for me now and again. I think of it when I think about church stuff, but it applies to life. And it has to do with one of my heroes, Steve Jobs. You know, the the Apple computer guy and all of that. Many of you don't know that, that Apple computer was in... A lot of trouble. Windows, even though it's terrible, you can't argue that it is, Windows had dominated the computer market for a long time. Apple just couldn't catch up. They were in trouble. They fired Steve Jobs. They hired him back. They had all kinds of meetings. They did all kinds of crazy things to try to save the company and all of that. And remember with me that one of the things that just turned the corner for Apple Computer is that they came out with the iPod. Remember the iPod? It was kind of a big deal. It changed everything. All of a sudden, everybody had to have one and all of that. And it made so much money for Apple that they had a little bit of breathing room. And then they revolutionized the world again with the iPhone. And then now when you go to the mall, remember malls? When you go to the mall, if you walk by the window Store, there's like three kids playing a video game and that's it. But when you walk by the Apple Store, it's like Times Square. Mm-hmm. And they've created such a feeling about it because the computers are better, but also because it's just everything. But it all started with this story, and I don't know if it's a true story. It's one of those things that's kind of truer than true, like every good myth, and so I want to believe it. doesn't matter if it's factual. It's a true story. So anyway, cast your mind back to Apple Computer being in all kinds of trouble and one of these countless Board meetings that they had to just try to figure out how are we going to save our jobs, save the company, do the whole thing. And according to the legend, Steve Jobs brought in just a pile of audio players. Because remember, the iPod was not the first digital audio player, there were all kinds of companies that were selling MP3 players and whatever, all kinds. And none of them were very good, but there was the promise of something revolutionary there that you could carry hundreds of songs around in your pocket and all of that. There was something really interesting there. We
1: bought a lot for the kids. Like you remember oh, it yeah. clips
0: and, oh, there and was you know so there were so many. Yeah, and there were so many. Kind of a nerdy family. We bought mm-hmm. a lot of those things and none of them were great. But the legend is that Steve Jobs put a big pile of these various audio players on the table and he said, These are broken. All we have to do is figure out how to make this good Mm -hmm. and we'll change everything right? That's the legend. And then they came up with the iPod that solved some of the problems. It was easy to use and fun and the right price point and good audio quality, you know, whatever it was, but they just, they cracked the code on it and it saved the company. And the legend is that the same thing happened a couple years later with the smartphone. Cause remember Apple didn't create the smartphone. There were smartphones before, but there's a reason why eight out of 10 smartphones are iPhones. And The same story. He brought in a bunch of uh, smartphones and said, look, these are broken. All we got to do is fix what's wrong with these things and we're going to change everything. And again, iPhones everywhere. So there's something to be learned for that. Obviously, we're not trying to save a computer company. But the point is, there are things in your life where all you have to do is go, okay, what's broken about this that I can fix? There's some kind of promise of, of something good. There's something really important here. There's there's a fundamental something that we can take back. So that's, that's the story, but imagine it was a slightly different story. What if Steve Jobs had walked into that room with all of those people sweating, trying to figure out how to save the company and all of that. And what if Steve Jobs had put a buggy whip, you know, like from a horse and carriage? What if he had put a buggy whip on the table and said, all we got to do is fix this? Well, there's no fixing it because we have cars now. We have bicycles, there's subways, there's trains, there's airplanes. There's a million ways that are more efficient and more accessible for people and the world is optimized for driving around in a car or whatever else. So you can't fix that problem. It wouldn't have been a thing to do. And so that's the thing. I have to tell you that growing up as a third generation minister, I really thought, as as creative as I want to believe I am, and as offbeat or whatever as I want to believe I am, I was still really ingrained in the idea that church is me standing in front of a room full of people at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning, and afterwards there's coffee and donuts, and that's kind of the deal. Now, I'm not saying that's bad, but I am revealing my own bias, where I thought that was the only way really that you could do things, and we could question certain things, but at the end of the day, that was it. So I thought that church was an iPod problem, an iPhone problem. But you got to realize that sometimes you got to go, wait a minute. Is this an iPhone problem or is this a buggy whip problem?
1: Yeah, I well, you know, we're this quarantine has been. A blessing in a lot of ways for us. It's been hard in a lot oh, sure. of ways, but I think it, it really has brought out some things about how, how we roll basically, <laughs> how we, how we do, how we do church and, and, and what goes on. Yeah. And in our discussions that you guys are now probably, as we go through this being privy to, we really discuss all the time, What does church look like now? Because I personally feel that there is no way that we're going back to the old format. I just don't think it's viable. I don't think that it is um, conducive to where people are at, people's mindsets. And when we start talking about this, and when you really start thinking about When you had real moments within the church setting, when did those happen? Mm -hmm. And for me, those always happened in a classroom with a small group of people. They happened in this living room with a small
0: group of people. Or in men's group or women's, women's group. Women's
1: group, right, exactly. Or That's what I'm saying. Or when we used to
0: teach, uh, when we taught the teens. Right. In there were the, some it, really powerful, powerful moments. Powerful
1: things that, that came out. With 8
0: to 12 people. Right.
1: And and so one of the reasons that we decided to start with sort of the called out series is because we really feel like we need to revamp what the idea of church looks like, mm-hmm. especially to set ourselves apart from, you know, can we name names or should we not name names? We shouldn't name names. Okay. We shouldn't name names for like legal legal reasons, I think um, is what we've been told, but to set ourselves apart from those ministers that you mentioned last week that are standing up and uh, you know yeah a, i don't want to pick and, on and, a television
0: and, preacher because they do well, a really good job at picking on themselves Well, but, but. <laughs> but, but my
1: point is that i don't even need to pick on them but i do want as a christian i'm embarrassed yeah as as a new thought person i'm embarrassed as um, a previous Methodist, Baptist, Mormon. Because if you don't know my history,
0: you've been my, my
1: parents were seekers, and so we. I have been to just about every church, synagogue, mm-hmm. temple that that there is, and um, it has been a wonderful life doing that. But I, but I think that I have that desire to now set myself apart as a Christian from the ones that maybe are politicizing things from the people that are demanding money from people that, that are just trying to put food on their plates. And, and we'll talk about prosperity consciousness later down on the line, but that's not, that's not the point of it right now. The point is, is that it just seems terribly selfish and terribly short-sighted. So in our conversations, when we were discussing, how we were going to change this up, right I really wanted it to feel more classroom like I think we both did well, I, I I really wanted it to feel like you were involved in this conversation that we were having and that it wasn't we weren't just putting on a show that we weren't putting on well that we weren't weren't putting on airs, and that's not us anyway, but right. I really, really wanted to make a difference and This just feels better to me. Does it feel better to you?
0: It does too. And I think that that's a really good, that's a really good test because this isn't just about what happens with water and stone. Obviously there's a direct and, 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 and visible impact on the way that we do things. We're asking big questions. Remember we talked about the great commandment, you know, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul, all thy mind and all thy might. I love that and the great commission where Jesus says, go out and make disciples of all the nations and all of that. And these are important things. I talked about them last week. Take a minute and research those are really wonderful things because here's Jesus saying, look guys, here's what I want you to do. So many times people go, I wish the Bible would just tell me what I'm supposed to do. Well, it's in there. So that's part of it. But in the 21st century, the way that things are you could, you could legitimately go, well, wait a minute. Can the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, especially that second one, can that happen in a context of one guy standing in front of a room of people? Pros and cons. I'm not saying it definitely can't. I am saying, though, that we ought to ask the question. And here's the deal. This is important not just for the future of the church. This is important for you and me and everybody else because as you look at your life... I want you to take some inventory. Here's your homework for right now. Look at your life and ask yourself, make a list. Sometimes it's helpful to get the old legal pad out or whatever and go, wait a minute. Is this an iPhone problem or is this a buggy whip problem? I'll give you an example. It very well might be that that fixing your relationship has to do with going. Wait a minute. There's promise here, and I know we love each other, and we've got common history, and so maybe I just need to listen better and put my phone down. Maybe I need to be around. Maybe I need to take some things, uh, not take some things for granted, stuff like that. Or th- that's an iPhone problem. Or you could go. Wait a minute. This is toxic, and there's a system of abuse here, and that's not good. That is a buggy whip problem. And so you get to decide, wait a minute, this is something that, that needs to go forward, and this is something that needs to be challenged and gotten over. I think too often, us Christians are, are stereotyped by uh, by saying, look, you guys are all about mercy and forgiveness. Well, we are, but forgiveness doesn't mean letting somebody continue to do things that hurt. Now, that's something we're going to talk about when we get to week four of this, and we talk about relationships, but For right now, I want to let you know that there's nothing Christian or noble or forgiving about putting up with misery. As I say over and over and over and over again, everything is practice. So if you practice misery, you're not going to get good at happiness. It doesn't work that way. That's a buggy whip problem. And so you get to decide in your life which is which. So take a minute in your life and look at the fact that you go, maybe for ego reasons or for upbringing reasons, I have been trying to give the world a new buggy whip. And maybe the answer is that life is trying to tell me that there is a more pure expression of my light, my love, my heart, my brains, you know, maybe there's a different way to do this. And so ask yourself that question. I think that, One of the things that's come up a lot, not just this week, because we have gotten some text messages and emails and stuff. I'd like to see more, so please keep them coming. But one of the things that's come up here this week, but also want to look at it, is something that has come up many times in the past. We talk about being open to change, because one of my things that I talk about a lot is get out of your comfort zone. You know, that kind of a thing. Don't assume anything rely on your faith but let that take all kinds of forms in your life. One of the questions that comes up a lot is, well, why do things get, you know, crystallized? Why do we 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 insist upon things taking a certain form? How come it's so easy to rest on our laurels to to just take things for granted? How come we can shift into that mode so easily? And there's a lot of different answers for that. I think that it comes down to a survival thing we're taught to is it, is it good enough and then we move on yeah and the example that i love to think about is uh there's a book called spaceship earth and operating manual mm. buckminster fuller buckminster fuller is another one of my heroes just a a, a weird wonderful kind of crazy thinker and just from another planet really interesting guy did a lot of really weird stuff like he spent a whole year without speaking as an experiment including not speaking to his wife he wanted- I wonder
1: how that went
0: well you're a patient woman <laughs> can you imagine
1: i you know what i can imagine and and i i think that if you had come to me and said you know what i need to do this for knowledge i need to do this for my spiritual i'd been like all right let's let's do it i think i would have probably Knowing me, I may have like tried to trick you. Well I <laughs> just think because just version, because it's me. Our but version of that would be like,
0: okay, I'm gonna try not speaking for five minutes. You
1: have had some crazy ideas in the past though. Mm. Remember when you used to sleep for only fifteen oh. minutes at a time and then by the end of like day four or five, you were basically hallucinating yeah, and well, when, we were like, Maybe maybe let's not try. When I was that. in school,
0: I was cramming for finals mm-hmm. and I just didn't have time to sleep. And so I would sleep for 15 minutes every two hours. I read somewhere that that's what like Einstein did or whatever. Somebody, and
1: somebody famous, somebody but that you, that yeah. I thought that you start to
0: hallucinate after a while. Yeah, it's not awesome. And so
1: we, we put him to bed for a few hours and he, he woke up being better. But, but I passed. But
0: <laughs> here's the Buckminster Fuller story. He says, imagine that you're in a shipwreck. Like a cruise ship kind of a situation. Remember cruise ships? But anyway, you could you could. No, do that I've kind never
1: of been <laughs> on a cruise actually, and and the, I don't know, not anything against that anybody who takes a cruise, this but they kind of they eke me out. I think well, maybe I'm too much of a germaphobe, or, or something maybe goes Not on. a Shelley Winters fan. But, I don't. I don't know. So, I don't know. But maybe watching the Poseidon. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's that's. But so I don't know. he
0: says, bug Mr. Fuller in this book, "Spaceship Earth and Operating Manual." He says, "Imagine you're in the shipwreck." and you know you're going to drown that everything's gone it's one of those you can't even see leonardo dicaprio anymore and no he's gone yeah, he's, he's he's gone there was room on the door i'm sorry but anyway so <laughs> a piano comes floating up a piano mm-hmm. top and it saves your life because you can get on the piano top and it's it's buoyant enough just that big old piece of wood you know what a piano top looks like and you get to you get to dry land and you get to safety it would be easy, he says, for you to assume from then on that that is the secret of success on the high seas, yeah, is having a piano that top with you. You. Right. that that is the optimal mm-hmm. shape for a boat, that that's what you should carry with you every time you're on the water. And of course, those are really crazy assumptions. It's not even, a, it's not a very good boat. It, it's not good. You know, it's that kind of a thing. That's not the right way to do right. any of this, but it's really easy to get into that mode. And what we're going to be talking about, especially with the workshop we have planned for next month, is I want you to get out of your survival brain and into an intentional brain. Because survival will only get you to good enough. Why do we get crystallized into this is how it has to happen? is because there's a part of our brain that is very healthy when you're trying to uh, evade predators, build a shelter to get out of a storm, and all of or that. Or just
1: survive a situation, right? Yeah. There's There's an emergency, uh, you know, plumbing situation, and I got to stop the water. And I got well, duct tape. Yeah. And, that doesn't and before, mean that duct tape
0: and, is the best right. solution. Right, and before
1: I can get to the turnoff valve, I, I have to prevent this from flooding my house right now. Yeah. And so... As you said, duct tape is not a permanent solution. Yeah. You there there are better solutions to to that challenge, but in the moment, you know, we're we're trying to we're trying to not drown. We're trying to prevent damage, whether it's from the outer material things or actually from, you know, damage to our hearts or our egos or, you know, all all of it, I think. Yeah. You know. So
0: what if I told you? That there is a part of you that cannot be damaged. Yeah, look, everybody's got some hurt. Everybody's got some learning and growing that they have to do. Everybody's got stories of heartache and loss. And we're here for you through that, of course. But you know, as well as I do, that no matter what you have lost, you're still here. You know, as well as I do, that there is a part of you that is unkillable, that cannot get sick or hurt or afraid. That's that divine spark in you. And so we're going to get to a place where you look back at your life and you go, you know what? That was a survival moment.
1: And that's okay. And those are perfect. I've got them. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. But we're going to get to the place where it's not just about that, where you go, okay, I survived. You had your Gloria Gaynor moment. And then you go, now.
1: What's the next step for me in this process? Mm-hmm. And how can I put that away? You know, put, put that, all of that, that, those experiences away. But take what I need from that. Take what I learned from that. Whether it's, wow, I'm, I'm really strong. Look how mm-hmm. strong I, I was to survive that. Um, and I think I think for me, um, you know, I didn't have, um, sometimes an awesome childhood. There were things that went on for me that were absolutely learning, um, opportunities even for, even, well put. even for a young person. But, um, I have some siblings that have really hung on to the pain of that, the damage of that, the hurt of that. And it's understandable. Yeah, it is. And this is in no way... I guess a negative yeah. thing, but I think that if you if you live in that space, if you keep reliving the damage, if you keep reliving, well, um, and it, and I wouldn't even go so far as to say that it was an excuse. You know, I think I think a harsh is like, Well, stop using excuses nope, and get yourself out of that. Yeah, but that's that's not really what it is. It is the inability to move on past that survival. There were things. As children, that we had to do to to survive um, some situations, but if you continue to live in that space, that cycle never gets broken, and I really do think it gets passed on and to your children because you're teaching them that there's no other way. Just, sure. just, just, I mean, you're, well, you're literally handing them over the, the, t- the piano top <laughs> as, as some, as, their, saved as, my life, well, as their heritage, yeah. right? Well, and, and, and that's exactly true. And I think that there is a part to where you have to say, I was strong enough and I was, and, and I don't know why that happened to me. It doesn't matter why it happened to mm. me, but this is what I got out of it. This is what I'm taking with me. I'm picking up the pieces of what I need to take and I'm moving on to the next level. And that's really what I think this whole series about called out is about. Is it going back and re-examining why you do the things that you do, why you are, um, you identify with the things that you identify, how you introduce yourself to people, Mm
0: -hmm. what
1: you take pride in, you know, for the longest time i took pride in the fact that i was you know i had a lot of moxie i was this fighter i could you know i could just get through any kind of situation because that was what was required of me to get through my childhood i i had to become a survivor and but that a fighter. was
0: your piano top
1: but that was my piano top and mm-hmm. it takes a lot of unlearning. And I wanna let you know that after 30 days, if you haven't figured this out, it really is okay. Again, I think going back and doing this cycle over and over again, I'll be 45 in, in November and I'm just starting to undo so you know, well, <laughs> well and learning but- that's another way. But I wanted to say one one final thing is that I it was very hard of me to let go of a lot of that fighter nature because I took such pride in it. Well, and it's, and what, kept the, and alive, it's what kept you right? alive, But but it's not just that. It, it, it was it morphed into something that I was like, yeah, oh, huh, you know, mm. and and I I oh, would I and I would flex on people, yeah. you know. I mean, a lot. And yeah, I used to call and, you Slugger.
0: I I know this yeah, about you. So and I am in awe because. As we, you know, we've grown up together, we met when we were kids and down the line in the early days of our relationship, because we were kids, your response to a problem was to come at it. Fighting. Guns ablazing, Yeah. And my response to a problem because of stuff that I grew up with or my own, whatever, doesn't matter right now. My response was to get small. Yeah. And not even in the fun Steve Martin sense. If my (laughs) response was to, and neither of those is the right response, but because those were the things that, that kept us alive, so to speak, Mm -hmm. it's what we relied on. And it's so funny what has to happen in order to challenge that. Sometimes it's a big revelation and sometimes it's things are so bad that you just have to do it different. It makes me think of this show we've been watching called Alone.
1: Oh, yeah. What is that, on
0: Amazon or Netflix? uh, No, it's on
1: History Channel. History Channel,
0: but then you can see it through whatever. But the show is called Alone, and there's like six seasons of the show. We just discovered it.
1: Yeah, I think the seventh is on right now, but we're not watching the seventh because we're trying to catch up watching all the other seasons. So
0: the show is called Alone, and- I'm not necessarily recommending it. We're kind of hooked on it, but it's not like a spiritually. Listen, don't judge
1: us. We're running out of things to watch. Okay. It- Perhaps you
0: can understand. <laughs> but the the premise of the show is they take ten people and they drop each of them off, and they're far from each other, miles apart, so they never see each other. But they drop them off in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and they get to pick ten items, survival you know, items, pocket knife, mm-hmm. you know, flamethrower, whatever it is, and uh, they have to set up and live.
1: For as long as they can. And the one that lives they've got out like there... Because
0: they've got like a GPS thing. They can hit the button and people will come and Yeah, and, help and them, they'll say, know,
1: no, I'm, I'm tapping, tapping out, out. I'm out. But the person that lives the longest out in the wilderness by themselves wins a half a million dollars. Right.
0: And so there's some interesting takeaways. First of all, it's a fun show because you can armchair quarterback and go, that's not how oh, you make a fire. that's not how to build
1: this. And Yeah. The, the Which thing, we do.
0: Oh, yeah. One <laughs> of the things, because I've read Les Stroud books. I can clearly survive in the wilderness. But one of the things that's really interesting is is most of the time people don't go home because they've hurt themselves or because they you know, they, they couldn't make a fire or something. They go home because they're sick of being alone. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And it's yeah. a message right now in the quarantine situation to, to think about reaching out to people and all of that. But the thing that I've noticed is, because we've watched a couple of seasons of it now, is that first couple of days when you're dropped off and you're alone and you don't know the lay of the land and all of that, people set up their little camp. They have a tarp or whatever. They set up their little camp. And the people who stay in that same spot, who don't change the, the tent that they've created, mm-hmm. who don't improve their situation, those are always the first people to go. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, here's the, here's the metaphysical lesson is they took survival brain and stayed in that place. Yeah. The people who make it to the half a million dollars are the people who are like, you know what? I had to move my camp and that stunk because I had set up. But I found that the the ground is better here. It's closer to the water source or whatever. And they get past the discomfort of having challenged things. And they put it in a better place. They figured out something. And the people who do well are the people that are continually improving. This one guy built a, he found a bottle and so he made running water. He put water in the bottle and he built a pedal that he could press the pedal and Mm -hmm. it came out. But all this crazy stuff that people do just to make things better. And that is the lesson. This workshop is called Called Out. And the reason for that is we're really examining church. And how that works. And as I said last week, and as you may know if you know your Greek, the word church comes from the Greek word ecclesia, like ecclesiastical, that kind of thing. Ecclesia. And ecclesia, church, doesn't mean a Sunday morning building. Ecclesia means a group of called out people, a called out community. That's what the word means. There's no definition in church that has anything to do with a building, that has anything to do with one person sitting in front of the room, that has anything to do with Sunday morning, that has anything to do with any of that. It's church if it is a community of people who are called out to behave based on their spiritual calling that's what church is. And as I said last week, I don't care how fancy your outfit is or how sophisticated the technological setup is or how good the smoke machines or the band right. are or whatever right. else or how ornate the person's barca lounger is that they're broadcasting from nowadays. If you are not called out. By definition, by the meaning of the word, it is not church. It's a show or it's an inspirational something or other. It's a well, TED it's Talk. Validation. but it ain't, yeah, it's validation. Yeah, well, that's it's, the thing. It's
1: validation to stay the same. Right. If you're doing the same thing every week and you're going in and and you're listening, even if it's a guy or a woman standing up in front of you saying the words. Look, it's okay. You're
0: good just how you are. You're well, wonderful. Well, but even if they're
1: not saying that, even if they are asking you to change, even if they are asking you to... to make something different. If you sit there for the hour or Mm -hmm. however, and you just go home and have some brunch and never make those changes that were required of you. Well, what's the purpose? It's, it's the onus is not on, the the showman or the show woman, you know, and it's not on, right. it's I not on that, saying. you know what I mean? So, yeah. so instead of judging that, that venue or, you know, or, or making a call about where people get their, cause people get their spiritual food from all over the and place. as they should, and as they should, I know that I do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am inspired continually by by different avenues of my life, by my neighbors, by waiters and waitresses, by um, a t- not so much
0: right now. <laughs> well, not, not right now. Yeah, we
1: haven't been to a restaurant in so. Oh, long. I want to go to a restaurant, but I'm tired of cooking. I never th- thought I'd say that, but I'm but tired of cooking. The thing
0: is, one way or the other, the important thing is. To understand that if God is everywhere, then you can certainly Mm -hmm. get a message from God. The natural question and one that we've answered and dealt with many times is, how do I know if it's God talking to me versus my ego?
1: You know. Well, the way that
0: you know is, does it cause you to grow? Does it pull you out of your comfort zone? Because here's the deal. If you're going to write stuff down, this is a thing to write down. Validation, that's survival brain. Validation, if I need to have somebody tell me that I don't need to change, that's like leaving my camp in the same place I set it up on day one. Validation, telling me that I don't have to do anything different, first of all, is a lie. Yes, you're a child of God. You are perfect and wonderful. You're salt and light and all of that. But you are... An expression of infinity, because that's what God is, right? And that means there's always going to be more stuff to do. Let's be the kind of people who don't mind that there's work to do. we got more than survival. It's time to thrive through something. And so the deal is that called out is not just about church, but I want us to have called out hearts and brains, because called out will get you past accidental inspiration you're the kind of person that reads a lot of self-help books and goes to the metaphysical bookshop and has a special crystal and a special whatever it is and special pants and special CD in your car or whatever it is. You, if you're doing it that way, you're going to get a lot of accidental spiritual inspiration. Oh, that was nice. I saw a leaf on a tree and it was really cool. That's great. That's great. But if you decide to be called out where the spiritual paraphernalia that you accumulate is not just to tell you that you're okay just as you are, but rather is to tell you to grow past what is comfortable for you. If you are called out, you will get past accidental inspiration and into intentional, where you can face something and go, you are a child of God too. This moment is something I can grow through. This thing, that's an iPhone. I'm going to fix that. This thing, that's a buggy whip and I'm done with it. Instead of just accumulating everything because you're just trying to survive.
1: And it's absolutely a choice. Um, like I said before, just to go back, it it doesn't really matter who you're listening to or what you're doing or what book you're reading, if you're just reading it or listening to it, but you're not doing anything about it, then that's where, that's where the challenge lies. So that's what it really means.
0: Mm -hmm. And you can be called, but you got to be out, but you
1: got to be out. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. In, In, in a lot, in a lot of ways, because you're, you're, you're literally not picking up the phone call. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Yeah, it's 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 both
0: like that. You gotta be called and you gotta be out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Well I wanted to just take a minute too as as we're talking about this and go over the steps that we introduced last week. The five steps Because this is
0: your homework for the whole for the whole
1: month. And so we're gonna hear a lot about it and I didn't know how you were doing with it. Um I know that I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay with it. This was this was a little bit of a tough week here. We Mm -hmm. have, um, we just had our roof replaced and then we're having some stucco work on the outside. Nobody's coming in the house, but we're having a lot of outside work and, and things like that. And all of our
0: neighbors know about our stuccoing plans and everything else because the stucco people keep their six foot distance. And so we're shouting everything back We're shouting at each other,
1: right? We're apologizing to our neighbors, you know, left and right. But, but, um, but there's also been a wind mitigation for insurance, there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just just all of it. So well, so I I have been trying this week, um, but life life has a life has a way. I think I think what mostly I've been doing this week is is narrowing down who my people are. Okay. Well, so you let's know, go through the steps.
0: Let's go through the steps real so quick yeah, as you, we start would to you, wind up. Yeah,
1: would you do that?
0: And remember, this is your homework for the whole month. And the idea is you don't have to do everything on this list every day, but if you do something about this list every day, it really will change things. Remember, this is based on the your oikos, your fr- the people who sit at the front row of your life. And just like we said a minute ago, when you think about the moments where you really learned a thing, where you had a breakthrough, where something just clicked for you, where you taught somebody else and you could see the light go on in their eyes too, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, probably all of the time, it happened in the context of a small group of people, that oikos. So... We want to really double down on that. It feels like the biblical model for changing the world. And I got to say, it's working. Mm-hmm. I've seen it work. It will continue to work. So do something about this list every day this month. It's not too late to get started, but here we go. Here is the homework. Step one, make a list of your oikos. Make a list. Yeah, who are your people? The eight to yeah. 12 people on the front row of your life. And I'm. you don't have to make that list every day. You're gonna revisit this list. If you rewatch this series next year or in a couple of months, those
1: people might change. Yeah,
0: but and that's, that's okay. But see, that's part of the magic of how this changes mm-hmm. the world because it might be that two or three of those people hang out in your front row for a while. They learn and teach what they're there to learn and, and then, teach, they move on and do that somewhere else. That's how this works. Mm-hmm. That's the secret magic of it. So it's okay if your list changes. You don't have to remake the list every day, but spend some time really thinking about there might be people that you think ought to be on the list because there's some kind of an obligation there. Well, you know, I work with this person and I, I used to see them every day when I went to the office. And so I kind of feel like they should be, but you know, they're not really be honest. Nobody else is looking at the list, right? Yeah, that kind exactly.
1: Of thing. You know, well, I really you ought know to put who your people yeah, are. I really yeah. ought to
0: put cousin so-and-so because, you know, mom would have wanted that. That's not the deal. This is about being really honest about make that list. So step one, make the list of the eight to 12 people who are on the front row of your life. Okay. And then I'm I got a pretty good list. I'm I'm happy with my work. I got my list. I'm happy with my work in that. I got my list. Right. Okay. And step two is pray about those people, mm-hmm. and that can look however prayer looks for you. For me, it has to do with. I do my my beginning stuff in my prayer process. I really feel like I'm in that place where I'm really praying, that kind of a thing. And before I go further into, you know, sharing my my hopes and dreams with God and putting that giving that over to God, before I feel like I can do that, I need to go through a little bit of forgiveness, right? And so what I do is I think about those people on my list, and they don't all need to be forgiven. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying, but some of them do. But one way or the other, I see the people on that list Oh, thanks. I see the people on that list as (laughs) happy and successful and free. Sometimes it just helps to just visualize them laughing. It doesn't have to be complicated, but see them happy and successful and free on their terms, not on your terms, right? So, so pray about, pray about that. Pray about those people. And like I said last week, God already sees them perfect Mm -hmm. and happy. All you've got to do is agree with God about them. Right. And I got to tell you just that step alone, just those first two transformational. Well, really powerful.
1: I think it also, I, what I've noticed is it puts me in a really good mood. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you do that, yeah, it's, it's not really praying about, you know, Oh, I have all of these challenges and please, you know, I'm not beseeching God. I'm not begging God, you know, so just taking a minute, In your prayer time and just seeing these people, like you said, happy, laughing, fulfilled, man, it's, it's, it's a tonic. Yeah. It really is for, And, and, and it, it honestly, it makes me feel closer to them. Yeah. Even if you can't it be lets physically you, it lets next let to them,
0: because there's there's a couple of people on my list where I'll be honest, I have very strong feelings about you should wear a mask and the social distancing, mm-hmm. and I really want all of us to be done with this. And there's a couple of people on my list who I know are not doing a great job at the at the mask thing. Yeah, and so it's really helpful for me to go. You know what? You're doing your thing. And I communicate with them, that kind of thing. But but just being able to let go of that and go, look, we're, we're all we're going to get through this. going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You do you. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And let God be in charge of their life instead of me trying to control it. Well, you're them. kind of
1: skipping to step five where you're giving them grace and space. We'll, there, <laughs> so, we'll get there. So, so we'll get, do step but three. But this is
0: what I do in, in the prayer time. I see them happy and free and it lets me... This is why this is step two. Yeah. Okay. So step three is... Invest in their success right. in healthy ways. So we're not talking about we're
1: not talking about enabling. If somebody has a if somebody has an, an addiction or somebody has that's something that's not their success. That's not there, their yeah. success. That, yeah. you know. So I'm not going to participate in that kind of a thing. Right. But but I can. I don't know, like their post when it comes along, mm-hmm. I can encourage them by saying, you know what, you're fantastic. And I, I I, often will just text people and say, you know what, I was you're on, you're on my heart, you're on my mind. I, I want you to be successful right. today. Is there anything I can do yeah. for you? Well, and
0: like we have a friend who's writing a book. And he's in the middle of that process and it's his first book and this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so I texted him the other day and I said, hey, how are you doing with that? Because we have, we have we've offered to help to, him yep. edit that book and all that. Because we've, but, we've written a couple of books. Well, and, and <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, and so we know how yeah, hard it is. It is hard. And so I it's texted hard. him and said, hey, just rooting for you. Is there anything we can do? And, and that kind of a thing. It can look all kinds of different ways mm-hmm. because there's all kinds of success, right? So, but in really invest in somebody's success, it could mean, you know, watching their, uh, their church podcast. It could mean <laughs> all kinds of things, but really, really do that because we really are all in this together. Yeah. And I have to say that I'm really good at steps one and two feel really solid on that. Yep. Step three, the reaching out and investing in people's success. I want to be better about that. Yeah. Part of it in my own defense, part of it is hard because I don't see people in my primary mode is meeting somebody for coffee cup, it's cup one of my coffee. favorite things to do you're in the having world. a
1: hard time
0: it's that's a you, little bit challenging because really, really that's, that's a thing yeah. but i'm doing my best and so i text a lot there's a lot of facebook messages just like you said there's a lot of liking people's posts well, i feed on- people
1: i like I, and i'm about to i'm about to drop off some preserves f- to people so i'm hoping that 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 will constitute you know feeding people right exactly so care of. but so
0: invest in their success in in healthy ways Step four is share your heart, not your theology with them. This isn't about getting everybody to agree on the Nicene Creed or whatever it is. Last week in the workshop, I said, remember, there was this guy that was blind and Jesus healed him. And the authority said, isn't Jesus a bad guy because he healed on the Sabbath and that breaks our religious rules and all of these things, all of these, you know, loopholes or whatever. And the guy said, look, I don't know about your stuff, man. What I know is I was blind and now I see. That's it. Yeah. We're going to get to the level where we stop holding back because holding back, that's survival brain. We're going to get to the level where we stop holding back and we really share what's on our hearts. We don't need to all agree. We need to all love. Mm -hmm. And that is a completely different thing. Find ways to reach out, to share your heart with people. And then finally, the fifth step is give those people what you have called, and I love this, grace and space. And grace means understanding that God is working in their lives and space is letting God work in their lives according to what's good for them, not according to what's good for you. And
1: I think clarification on that is you might in your prayer time, and and I would say, don't don't do this, but... see them happy in the way that they want to be happy, not in the way that you want them to be happy. Does no, that make sense? A, and I yeah. think, I think for me that happens a lot with our kids. I want them to be happy and successful, but sometimes I have, I put a little caveat on it, you know, oh, where, I where you're really like, Hey, bad about
0: that for hey a while. you know,
1: maybe do it this way or maybe do it that way, or this is the way that it works. And, and I think it's a natural, natural evolution of things as, as thing. being a parent, but you tend to, when you get in that habit, you tend to do it with your friends as well where it's just like well wow they, they you know you're gonna wear that oh wow you're gonna paint your house that <laughs> well, and color? I'll tell you you know this, and, is, and this
0: is a thing that really changed things for me with my relationship with my children a, a few years ago as they got into the dangerous young adult years where they have the power and the wherewithal to really put a dent in their futures you know what I mean that time because I pray about my kids every day when I pray so do I and I was doing a thing. This is a a few years ago now, but I was doing a thing where I didn't even realize it, but I was going, okay, now I want my daughter, Raina, (laughs) to do this and this and this. Okay, God, we good. And I want my son Uh Miles to do this and this and this. Okay, God, we got this. You're writing this down. Well, it's not God's job to take dictation from you. Right. It's the other way around, right? You're supposed to be listening to this, right? But. I realized that that feeling was also impacting my day-to-day relationship Mm -hmm. with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I realized that this is the problem. Yeah. And so what I started to do, and maybe this will work for you or something similar, I just said, I see my daughter, Raina stepping into her power. Right. That was the phrase I use. I see my son, Miles stepping into his power because it means I have faith in your power. That's grace. Mm-hmm. And I see you doing it. That's space, Space. grace right. and space. So right. find ways, not just in your prayer time, because remember that step too, but in your life, give people grace and space. They're not going to do things on your terms. They're not supposed to. Give them room to do things between them and God. And you might be the only person who has that kind of faith in them right now. This is incredibly Mm -hmm. powerful. So again, make your list of people who are in the front row of your life. Pray Pray about them. them. And that's one that you ought to do every day. You don't have to do all the other ones every day, but that one. Pray about them. See them happy and Mm -hmm. free. Invest in in their success in healthy ways. Share your heart, heart. not your theology with them. And finally, give Give them grace and space. space. If you do something about that list every day, I promise things will change for you. This is the biblical model for how the world gets changed. It's going to help you figure out what are buggy whip problems and what are iPhone problems. It's going to get you out of accidental inspiration and into intentional Intentional, inspiration. And that, my friends, is what it means to be called out.
1: All right, well, why don't we go ahead and end with a prayer and close this up.
0: If you're watching at home, close your eyes too, just for a second. Infinite Lord, we give thanks for this family. We give thanks for the front row of our life. We give thanks that you are here with us. No matter how far apart we are physically, in spirit, we are one. Thank you for calling us out. In the name and nature of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. And now we're going to take our opportunity to give. And here's the deal. We're going to talk more about how how all of this works and and, tithing and love offerings and all that. But here's the deal for right now. You give where you receive spiritual food because it's how you set yourself up to receive spiritual food. If you don't give where you receive spiritual food, you're not going to receive the spiritual food. That's just the deal. It doesn't have to just be to the church. We'd be honored if you felt that you've been fed by this. Yeah, we hope please that help you, support this. we
1: hope that you feel fed yeah. about this today. But if not, that's okay too.
0: But by all means, find some place where you can give. And we've set up, you can do, uh, you know, we've now set it up to where you can have an automatic monthly, weekly donation or whatever. That's awesome but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is you must give where you receive spiritual food. We'll talk more about how that works as things progress. But for right now, we're going to bless this opportunity to give. So again, let's close our eyes, say the prayer together. God God is is my my source, my my unending
1: unending supply. supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world.
0: I give and I live with radical joy. Amen. And so as we wrap this up, I just want to remind you, you've got your homework. Please let us know how this is working for you. Let us know what has broken through for you. Let us know the areas where you've got to chew on it a little bit. Let us know your questions about any of the things that we've talked about or things we haven't talked about. We want to know next week. We want to really be able to open up the mailbag and share these things with you. So keep that in mind. Keep working on this stuff. Next week, we're going to place special emphasis on talking about how the called out idea works in your individual life and experience. And I'm really excited about what we have to share for you. Thank you for being here. Let's close together with our dedication prayer.
1: God, God, I'm I'm ready ready for change. change. My My heart heart is is open. open. I'm I'm not not afraid afraid anymore. anymore. My My life life is is in in peace And And on purpose.
0: purpose. And so it is and so it does. Now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Thank you.